welcome to our bonus episode on Deborah. Well, hi, everybody, and hi, Denise. It's uh, good to see you. Thank you so much for sharing with us on Sunday. Uh, spoke to us on Deborah. That was that was great. How did the preparation go for you? You know, I loved it. I love I love learning and digging in and really, you know, taking time with those two chapters. And um, you know, I would read it through, and then I'd pray, and then I'd, you know, just take a few verses at a time and. Um, it was really neat. I, you know, it is true that the Bible is God's love letter to us and he makes it come alive every time that we are obedient in asking him to. So it was a lot of fun. Well, that's great. That's great. Hey, uh, there were a couple of things that I thought we might be able to talk about and just talk back and forth about. Uh, some of it is from the content of your sermon and some of it are just things that that we weren't able to get to. Um, one of the first things that I noticed that I was, as I was working uh, through the passage in devotionals and reading through it, is that Sisera and Jael actually came from the same town. I was looking for that. It's a long, complicated name. Uh, Heroshith Hagoyim, uh, verse one says Sisera came from Heresheth Hagoyim. His army kind of camped in Heresheth Hagoyim. And then uh, Jael uh, lived near Heresheth Hagoyim. And we pick that up uh, later on in verse uh, uh, 17 and 18. That uh, that's where uh, the tent was when uh, Cicero was uh, running home. Now, you mentioned that it could have been that they knew each other before. You want to go a little bit deeper in that? Yeah, um, that was one of the interesting commentaries that I um, was able to kind of dig through was the thought that you know, uh, we knew that Cicero was this horrible fella and that he was known to be someone who not would just go into a village to take it over, but he was just vicious about it. He uh, would steal everything from the villagers. He would rape the women in the villages. He was kind of known for that. So um, I don't think it was too far a stretch to think that JL may have known him, may have actually, you know, been a victim to him or had known, maybe had a daughter or a mom or someone that she knew that had been kind of Cicero's, um, yeah, plaything whenever he went into the village. You know, I think she had to have known him because yeah. he was the commander of the army that lived, that camped in the city where she lived. Yeah. But uh, one step beyond that, she may have actually been a victim or certainly would have known people who were victims. So when she saw Sisera fleeing 
uh, oh boy. <laughs> now, the other thing that I found was another commentary said that they wondered if the milk that she had given him was poisoned. And I had never heard that before, but that is really interesting. At least, uh, you know, like a sleeping potion so yeah. that he was good and gone when she put that tent peg on his temple. Well, and you got to think he was, he had to be pretty worn out already. I mean, he'd been fighting the battle and then he ran away. Um, so I'm sure he was pretty tired. Um, but it does make you kind of wonder, like, how much prep had she done before? Was she, was she just waiting for this opportunity? <laughs> wow. I don't know. Interesting, interesting. Now, she came, or her husband came, Heber, was a Kenite. And uh, back earlier in the book of Judges, Judges chapter 1, verse uh, 16 says, when the tribe of Judah left Jericho, the city of Palms, the Kenites, who were descendants of Moses' father-in-law, traveled with them into the wilderness of Judah, Judah, they settled among the people there near the town of Arad in the Negev. So uh, the Kenites were kind of related to Israel. At least there was a very friendly relationship with them. When Israel left Egypt, Moses stopped by his uh, father-in-law's house. And of course, we have that exchange between Jethro and Moses. And Jethro says, dude, you're going to wear yourself out talking to people all day long. And yeah. He set up this hierarchical structure that served Israel for thousands of years, actually. Yeah. Get some help, he said. Yeah. Your own. But he went with them, and they, and they basically lived together. The Kenites never became Israelites, but they were always friends. They were always kind of relatives. And, of course, Jethro was priest of God Most High, uh, the God of Mount Sinai. So they worshiped the same gods, but the Kenites never actually became Israelites. So when Heber goes north, it's kind of natural for him to have friendly relationships with the tribes of Israel who are living there, but also with uh, King Jabin, who lives there. If he's going to live in King Jabin's territory, he's got to have a good relationship with him. Right. So Jael kind of she, she's the neutral party, like you said. There were the good guys, the bad guys, and then the neutral guys in the middle who, uh, when Sisera comes running by, it's easy for her to say, hey, come on in. Yeah. For a place to hide, hide here. Right. And Sisera believed her. Yeah. She was not seen as a threat at that point. So, yeah, and he thought he could, he thought he could escape. Yep. And he did not. <laughs> there's the rest of the story. Yeah. <laughs> and then the third thing that I did want to mention that you brought it out really well, uh, the tribes that didn't go. Um, yeah, it was, I found that really curious. I didn't know, you know, was that something that typically happened? Were there tribes that weren't involved in other battles? It didn't seem like that to me. So when we got to chapter four and five, I was like, wow, why, why didn't these other, you know, the Southern tribes, why didn't they come and join? And then in, later in chapter five, we really, I mean, 
they get kind of they kind of get what for because they didn't show up. Deborah lets them know about it, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah. She's definitely a prophet. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I think what's going on there is uh, Judges chapter one kind of sets the stage for the conquest of Palestine when Judah goes to Simeon and says, "Hey, you come with us, and then we'll go with you." And they do, and they pretty much conquer their territory. And Judah and Simeon, even though they have trouble during the period of the judges, after that, they never really have trouble with the nations. They're always Judah and Simeon together there in the south. This is the first time that a tribe is called to come to battle for a brother tribe, and they don't do it. Mm. They say, eh, I'd rather not. Uh, I'm, I'm binge watching something on Netflix tonight. So <laughs> you guys go ahead and do what you're going to do. I'm just going to stay at home. Um, and Deborah lets them know that is not the way this is supposed to work. But that's the way it works from here on in the book of Judges. Well, and it was interesting that Deborah, you know, here, you know, here is someone who the plan was given to this fella. The fella didn't said he's he doesn't want to do it without her. So she could have been like those southern tribes. She could have said, you know what? No, you go ahead. But she knew what it was like to step up to the plate. And right. so she wasn't just talking out of one end of her mouth. She was talking from experience. You know what, guys? I did it. I stepped up to the plate and I went with him. Um, he was too scared to go alone. And I said, I'll go with you. And then you guys were called to do the same thing I did. And you didn't do you it. You didn't do it. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's fantastic. Hey, I, I got a, a four sound bites from the sermon that I just wanted to kind of underline. And, and if you want to say something extra about it, that'd be great. Early on in the sermon, you said late obedience is not obedience. Oh, what do you mean when you say that? You know, it's so hard. Um, I, and we've all, we've all, at least I know I have been guilty of that. You get a little inkling to do something. It's, I remember um, early on in my faith walk, I was part of the Sunday school class and God had put this, this person that was a part of the Sunday school class in my mind and told me that I needed to call her and I didn't do it. Well, the next Sunday school class that we got together, she said, you know, a week ago, I was really struggling. I was really having a hard time. And then so-and-so from the class called me and really made me feel better. And I thought, shoot, I missed it. Like, the Lord was prompting me to do it, but be, I didn't. So he asked someone else. His plan will always prevail. Wow. Um, I just missed out on the blessing because I didn't obey. So yeah, but and and you know, it happens. It's encouraging on one end to know that even if we don't follow through, God will still make a way for it to happen. But it's discouraging when you think, oh, shoot, I could have been a part of that. And, and you're right. Yeah, it's, it's the, the person was blessed by the call, but 
you lost a blessing. You, yeah. you could have been blessed by helping. Yeah. Wow. That's fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. Around the middle of the sermon, you said just very, very uh, quickly, you said, deal with your junk quick. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, you know, Jabin, they could have they could have dealt with him back in Joshua 11. God prompted them to do it. And then they didn't. And then what happened? He got bigger and he got stronger. So I thought about that in my own life. And you can have, you know, something that you think is a little, something little that you feel like God is asking you to not do or to do. And you think, ah, and then you let that grow and it gets bigger. I think about eating with me. So I'll think, oh, I just want, I just want a few chips. <laughs> I just want a few. And then I start watching, you know, TV and the whole bag is gone. And I'm like, that is not what I was supposed to do. <laughs> Annie, did you eat these? <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, and I mean, that can be the case, I think, with any, you know, with any sin, addiction, whatever, if we could just get it when it's small, when the Lord starts whispering to us about it, instead of letting it roll up and build, and then it becomes this huge thing that we think is overwhelming and we can't conquer. Wow, that's great. Thank you. Thank you towards the end of the sermon, and this is kind of the real obvious point from Deborah, leadership resides not in gender, but in character and giftedness. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, um, you know, I just, you know, it's hard, I think, um, sometimes we look at different folks and I've done this before and you may think, oh, well, that person's too young to be used by God in that way. Or this person is too old to be used by God in that way. Or this person's, you know, um, come from a hard place and maybe they, you know, maybe they're still carrying that baggage. But I think the overall kind of theme is that God uses who he chooses and we don't get to say um, who that is or whether God is right or wrong. He is, he has a plan and a purpose. And, um, you know, our job is not to necessarily judge um, God's plan, but to try to encourage that person and build them up. Um, you know, I, I look at that with the middle school kids and um, there are so many times that they have taught me. Um, it's such a blessing to work with them. And, um, and some of the ones, you know, when they come in, I can, I can think, oh, wow, how's this one going to work? <laughs> um, and then they end up teaching me more than we've got, I, I'm thinking right now, we've got one, one little fella that, um, you know, he's just super active, always moving, always going, and, and just trying to think, okay, how can we kind of 
help him focus. So what we ended up doing in his small group was we gave him, he loves to draw. And so we gave him a sheet of paper and a pencil and we said, okay, you can draw, you can draw on this, but it has to relate to what we're teaching on. Randy, it's amazing. I've got the, I've got the drawings in on my desk and his picture of the story is amazing. And then at the end, he has to share that. And so I'm like, what an amazing little leader. And we never would have figured that out if we would have classified him as, you know, this kid that's all over yeah, the place, yeah. you know, um, that we're just like pulling our hair out. How do we get him to focus? And now he's teaching us. So yeah, I think, I think leadership doesn't reside in, in the box that we all, we often put people in. I think that is yeah. so cool. I want to see those pictures now. <laughs> yes. yes, I'll show them to you. They're great. Great, great. Um, one final thing then, you said the Lord makes heroes out of ordinary people. Over and over again. I mean, it's all through scripture. It's everywhere from the very beginning. And not only through scripture, but uh, in our own church, we see oh, it as well. Yeah, yeah. I just, you know, I think, you know, you, you watch something or you read something and you, you want to root for the underdog. That comes from the Lord because he, he roots for the underdog and he uh, raises them up. And I think that just shows the sweet character of our Lord that he does that. Fantastic. I, I, I am one of those underdogs. I mean, <laughs> I came from nothing and... Uh, well, and, and our sermon next Sunday is about that, Gideon. Mm -hmm. And uh, when, the, when the Lord appears to Gideon and says, I'm picking you, he says, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I'm from the smallest clan. I'm the most insignificant member of my clan. And, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Hey, thank you so much for taking time to share with us here. Um, there's good things, good things. Yeah, so yeah. Um, just let everybody know that uh, we intend to have Denise uh, speak to us again. She's done a great job. And uh, the Lord, uh, we believe, is raising her up. So we've got our own little Deborah here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but I'm happy to be used by him in whatever way he sees fit. So, Why, thanks, for, thanks for taking time today. Uh, we look forward to uh, sharing with you next Sunday on Gideon. Sounds good.